the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Attention all military and federal employees. Consider Grace Church for your tax-deductible CFC donations. Last year alone, our Bag of Hope ministry provided over 13 tons of food to local families. Our Project Promise program provides educational resources and life essentials for 250 orphans and 100 widows internationally, also preventing the children from living on the street or even worse. We serve even more who are spiritually hungry and hurting, people fighting suicide in hopeless situations or simply searching for truth reach out saying our strong practical teaching gives them life-changing hope that draws them to christ and helps them get back on track help us do even more and continue to make a difference in the lives of those who need it most no contribution is too big or too small sign up on your job today our cfc number is 35614 that's 35614 Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teaching from Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the Word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Here's Dr. Greer. I need you to notice that despite, uh, you know, the jokes the comedians make about how fun hell's going to be and, you know, I want to go there to be with my friends and all that. Jesus didn't think that was funny. Because he called it a place of torment. Third, this is really important. Notice the rich man didn't have to do something to go to hell. He just did nothing. You don't have to do anything special to go straight to hell. According to Jesus, all you have to do is nothing. And it says, he lifted up his eyes. And we see here that the man's spirit was able to see without his body. Your, your, your physical eyes are not the only apparatus of sight. And, and the reality is, the reason we don't really see with our spirits is because we're so preoccupied with our eyes. That's why Jesus said, you know what, I want you to start walking by faith instead of by sight. I, I want you to start seeing with a different set of eyes. Now, with my material eyes, I can see things. But what's amazing 
is when I lay my body down, I'll no longer be encumbered by that. I'll no longer be limited by what I naturally say. Because in the spirit, my spirit will see more clearly than I ever had in my life. Well, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. The rich man here was not only self-conscious, but self-aware. And not only was he aware of himself, he could identify others, meaning we will know each other in the life to come. And without pressing the the details of, of this parable too hard, what Jesus is saying is that death has two realms, a place of punishment and a place of reward. He said, well, Bishop, I I don't know about all that. Okay. So when you're thinking, everyone's going to go to heaven. Think about this. Adolf Hitler's going to heaven. Mussolini's going to heaven. Jeffrey Dahmer's going to heaven. As soon as those people go to heaven, heaven becomes hell. Okay, wait, 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 wait. You say, well, no, no. God will let everybody in, but everybody will be good against their will. So what you're saying in heaven, everybody's fake, meaning you want to kill somebody, but you don't kill somebody. But if you know the Bible, you know, Jesus's major fight was with the hypocrites, people who acted. So you're saying heaven is a place where God forces you to be good. Sounds like totalitarianism. That that sounds like a brutal place to be. It doesn't sound like a free place. So the only way heaven can be heaven is for people who have a new nature. People do not go to heaven or hell because they, they go to bad. It has everything to do with our nature. If you don't get God's nature, you couldn't go to heaven and be true to your nature and be comfortable there. So God said, if you don't want to change your nature, I'm going to let you stay with all the folks that made a decision like yours. At some point, God has to stop the wicked from troubling. I know I've said this before. But if all of us just went there the way we are, we still have to lock our doors. There'd still be war. So God, in his wisdom, appointed a time. He said, listen, I'll give each man life. And by the way, your life is just space to repent. It's just time to turn. I know. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm not sorry, but. Let's get back to Jesus, lest you think I'm talking too much. But I will say this before I move on. The hell we face in this life is simply God trying to motivate us not to sign up forever. (laughs) The hell you go through in your life is a gift. Imagine if everything was wonderful. You wouldn't know you need a change. 
We say, I'm going to let you experience just a little bit of that because when you feel it, I want you to turn to me. And if you turn to me, I can, I can snatch you from that thing. So, so all that hell you're complaining about is a gift. And the last thing we'd want to do is make it permanent. Matthew 25 and 41. Before you get the wrong impression about God, may I show you something else that Jesus said? He said, Then he will also say to those on his left hand, God's people place on his right and the wicked on the left. He said, Depart from me, you cursed. That's a heavy word into the everlasting flame prepared for the devil and his angels. Okay, here's the question, unless you read into the Scripture. Who was hell originally prepared for? If any of us ever decide to go to hell, it's over God's dead body. I don't know if you heard what I said. God does not send anyone to hell. We send ourselves. Luke 16, 24. Then the rich man cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. He got all religious and everything. And at first it would seem like he had a change of heart. Until we read what he said next. He said, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. You see, he still treated Lazarus like he was his slave. Like, like Lazarus was supposed to serve him and like he was something and Lazarus was nothing and Lazarus had to occupy his time trying to bless him. He said, send Lazarus for I am tormented in this flame. The sad thing is he was not sad about his neglect of Lazarus. He was only sad about his own pain. And there's a difference between being sorry you got caught and sad that you did it. Okay, I'm going to hug myself right now. Jesus is something, boy, he'll tell you. But Abraham said, son, God still loves us. God loves you in hell. But God respects you. And he respects your choice. It is not love for me to make you be with me. To make you act like you love me. That is not freedom. Jesus will not make you fit in his heaven. He will not make you lift up hands when everyone starts to praise and shout. That's tyranny, not love. He says, son, remember, probably the worst part of hell is the fact that we will remember. We'll have all eternity to think about what we did and didn't do. In this life, he said, remember that in your lifetime, 
you received your good things, and likewise, Lazarus, evil things. You see, the rich man's blessings didn't bring him to the Lord. But, but neither did the poor man's poverty keep him from the Lord. It was not that this rich man had to do everything. It was that he ought to have done something. You see, what we do in this life will echo throughout eternity. All this life is, is space to repent, space to turn, space to acknowledge, space to finally say, thank you, God. You know, space to say, you know what, Lord, uh, it's not all about me, Lord. The things bigger than me, the, the things more important than me. All life is, is an opportunity for us to turn and to shift and to walk with our creator. But now he is comforted. God knows how to fix it. And you are tormented. Life's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And just because, you know, some people seem like it's going all right, you know what? Give it a few years. Give it a little bit of time. And even if it doesn't all happen in this life, God has all eternity to balance the scales. Then he says, and besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed. I want you to notice that there weren't angels guarding and keeping people there. But there was a gulf. You see, the barrier of pride and selfishness between the rich man and Lazarus was permanently fixed in that man's heart. The bridge that was crossable was only crossable as he lived. You see, at some point, God had to draw a line and say, no nonsense beyond this point. Otherwise, the wars will continue. The fighting, the domestic violence, all that's going to continue. Unless at some point God said, listen, those that want to live right, live right. But what's interesting is we get all, you know, self-righteous. Why would a just God create a hell? But here's the deal. As self-righteous as you think you are when you say that, it's amazing that you're very comfortable sending people to jail. Now, as human beings, I don't want anyone to ever go to jail first. But secondly, I don't know that jail can really punish. You got to leave that to God. But some people are so dangerous. Some people are so destructive. If you keep them out, they're only going to continue to hurt folk. So we being civilized, no. Probably not as many people that are in prison, but some people need to be separated so they can do what they do and keep us safe. Why would we look down our nose at God who would eternally draw a line and say, listen, if you don't want to do right, live right, be a blessing to others, I'm going to let that gap in your heart become permanent. And there will be now be an eternal distance between you and me. 
He said, and besides this, between us is this great gulf. See, once the clay is hardened, it can't be put back on the wheel. So that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those who come from there to pass to us. C.S. Lewis said it best. He said, hell is a prison cell locked from the inside. Locked by our unwillingness to love. Locked by our unwillingness to change. Here's the thing. You say, well, this man had a change of heart. No, no, no. Here's, here. I want you to think. Think. Just a moment. If you won't change, though the sun rises and sets on you every day, you won't change, though you can feel the wind against your skin. You won't, you, you won't give God thank. You won't give him honor. You, you, you won't love him, even though he gives you chance after chance. Hope after opportunity after, I mean, we get the taste, we get the smell. I mean, we were born with five fingers, ten to all of these things we take for granted. And if all that goodness was not enough, the fact gravity keeps our food from coming up off the table. The fact that we thought a thought. The fact I was able to feel love. And maybe everyone don't love you, but somebody's loved you. The fact he gave me an opportunity to smile, an opportunity to laugh, an opportunity to experience fellowship and communion with another human. If that will not cause you to look up and say thank you to your creator, explain to me how when all that's removed, all of a sudden you're going to get a change. You see, in in hell, all you might do is fear God, but you never love him. Again, if you couldn't love him for his kindness, you won't love him for his discipline. I'm going to need a little help getting out of the building today. <laughs> I'm almost there. Stay with me. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father that you would send him to my father's house. All of a sudden, this guy wants to help pay for evangelism. For I have my five brothers that he may testify to them, lest any of them come to this place of torment. Again, we really don't see a change of heart. Instead, we see regret. You see, the opportunists and the fearful, they might cry when they break God's rules because of the consequences. But a true child will cry because he broke his heart. Only three more verses. I'm done. I'm out of your hair today. Abraham said to him, and he's he's speaking to this man's issue. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. What is Abraham saying here? He's saying if... If, if, if people are not impacted by, by, by the moral considerations of, of Scripture that pierce their very souls, it's unlikely that some hyper-supernatural event would impact them. If you can't believe the voice coming from the inside of you, how are you going to believe anything that happens on the outside? 
And when we hear the voice of Scripture, it speaks to the deep part of us. And it calls to, the Bible said, uh, deep calls to deep in the waterfall of my soul. He, he's, he's calling that the most deep part of the human. And if that part doesn't respond, no supernatural, no calamifrat, none of that. It's going to get it done. And he said, no, Father Abraham, he argues. Abraham's representing God here. But if one goes to them from the dead, they will what? Repent. You see, not only did the rich man treat Lazarus like he was his errand boy, he shifts blame. And he insinuates that God had not, God, God had not sufficiently warned him. But the conscience spoke to him every day. The deepest part of him spoke to him every day. It was not that he had insufficient information. It was his aversion of will. I know it's getting worse. I'm trying to make it better. We believe we want to believe. I read some theologians. They said, uh, you know what happened at the Red Sea? I mean, we, we can't believe that miracle stuff, that, that stuff doesn't happen. So what happened was there's a part of the Red Sea that's not very deep. So what happened was uh, they went to that part of the Red Sea that wasn't very deep, and maybe the wind started blowing, and, and then a little part of the area got dry, and the Israelites crossed. And then they went on to the next miracle to explain away. But my Bible says that not only did God part the Red Sea, but Pharaoh and all his army and his chariots drowned in the Red Sea. So it kind of depends where you want to put the miracle. Was the miracle that he parted the Red Sea or that Pharaoh's army drowned in maybe an inch of water? There's morality in our choices. What we embrace, what we reject. But he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. If this person would rationalize away the scriptures, despite conscience saying otherwise, he certainly rationalize away a miracle. Again, if they don't hear Moses and the prophets, here's the issue. Neither will they be persuaded. Some of our confusion, indecision, is a choice. You say, the reason I don't believe is because I'm confused. Sometimes it's a choice. You see, God is a lot like air. We can't see him, but we know it's there. We can't see it, but we can't live without it. Here's the deal. It doesn't take a miracle for me to believe in air. I only need to trust my own lungs and breathe. It's important. You say, give me a miracle and I believe. But here's the deal. If I was born with asthma, lived all my life with asthma, I'd have a sense that there's a better way to live, a better way to breathe. By virtue of the fact that I have lungs, there's a there's testimony that somewhere out there, there must be air. Do, do you get me? I didn't need a course in air to breathe. 
All I had to do is trust my own lungs, trust my own makeup and my design. It's amazing, seven billion people on the planet. You have to get educated to be an atheist. Because the testimony of every heart is there's something out there bigger than me. Nothing comes from nothing. We couldn't have just popped out out of nowhere. And here's the deal. If we won't believe the testimony of our own hearts, how are we going to believe a miracle? In fact, though, when you look around, you're looking at a miracle. And if that's not enough, what will it take? Are y'all still with me? Hope you got something out of, out of today. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big. If your family's like mine, the holidays are a time of love, sharing, and folks getting together. This can be a fun, refreshing, rewarding time, but it can also be a season of a lot of stress. A few hours into a certain family member's visit, you're reminded why you don't spend so much time with that person anymore. The snide comments, rivalry, and the conflict can become sometimes just a little bit much. Each family's different, but I encourage you to expect conflict. But remember, love has a way of turning even our worst enemies into friends. If things get heated, keep a cool head. Even if you have the right to snap back, remember, a soft answer turns away wrath. We will all have our moments, but I'm confident that you have what it takes to turn this holiday into something special. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.